Welcome back to System Minutes Trivia, the podcast where Jason gets the giggles. This is Brent. Let's go, buffs. <laughs> and I'm Peyton. <laughs> he's been he's been on this oh go God. buffs kick like what since yeah. like 2 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, I. It's been going on for a while, and I had to have him explain to me what the heck he was talking about because I I'm not entirely sure. I, I still understand I how that warped into what it is. And, I, whatever, maybe it's because I'm older or whatever, but I... No, I don't think it's because I, I, I think, think it's really it's a CU thing. thing. It, I'm sure like, it is. nobody says, Sko Nittany Lions or whatever. <laughs> that just doesn't sound good. <laughs> Sko Lions? Nah. It's Sko Nits? Sko Buffs. Sko Nits. We'll make it a thing. Peyton Sko... and I will make it a thing. We'll, we'll start saying Sko okay. Nits. Alright. <laughs> sure, man. Life. You shut up. Shut up. So... We're actually recording this episode a little bit later than what we normally do, according to the schedule, because of Thanksgiving. Life. Oh my gosh, uh, and it's we the realized... last real episode. Yeah, well, yeah. No, it's ever. Season, you stop saying that. Season two. Yeah, last ever episode. How do you know I'm not going to bring it all down in the offseason? <laughs> Why would you do this? Because I've got the power. <laughs> uh, bum, bum, okay. Bum, bum, so, bum, all in favor bum. of voting Jathan off... <laughs> Say I. <laughs> no, this is high energy. He's high energy. I'm high energy. He I am the motherfucking bring bringer of joy <laughs> he, and thought, energy. So Jay I'm thought, a Tesla Jay coil. Jay thought, what was that? Something on YouTube, right? I'll see if we can link it. Yeah, what are you talking about? Even I don't look through. The I logs. show you a lot of things. No, you show me this thing about like two guys who are like. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, okay. So there's. There's this channel that I stumbled upon at some point on YouTube. Stumbled upon? Yeah, I don't subscribe to them because they're fucking... You'll see. But they call themselves the Scotch Test Dummies, and they, like, you know, basically sip on whiskey and talk about different whiskey. Uh. And there was just this one episode that I happened to be watching, and they were doing some kind of, like, bourbon shootout, comparing a whole bunch of different bourbons. And this, like, weird old southern (laughs) version of me... Weird old uh, southern so version. True. Yeah, he was well. For one thing, he was drunk. Well, you're, and that you're was evident. If you're talking about whiskey, yeah. so. And number two, he said something about being high energy, and I was just like, "Wow, fuck this guy! Like, who the fuck does <laughs> he think he your is?" Tagline. <laughs> There's only enough room for so much energy in the states, and I got. But he it. was also like high energy and nonsensical, like you were too. Was he? Was yeah, he I know he was actually like me. Yeah, he, he yeah, was probably, he's like what, 50. late 50s, early 60s? Wow. No, no, not that old. Wow. I, I would say late 50s. I'm pretty I'm sure he mentions his kid on the show, and his kid's like, you know, Oh, well. All right. I doubt that he knows about me. I bet <laughs> that you are more, more more widely known than you think you are. Are you are you two thoroughly finished? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> so, anyways, back to the point I was making. We are recording this a bit late into the week. We are. So hopefully we should have an episode out per the regular schedule, which means December 1st? 6th? When? (laughs) When are we releasing? I'm just going to say fucking dates and one of them might be right. December 3rd is is what it is. Wow. Someday in December. Hopefully the night of December 3rd we should be releasing this. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Adina, it's all on you. You'll be great, though. <laughs> Her name is Edita. Don't you yeah. start doing it, too. <laughs> it is Edita. But it's, she's... It, she, I mean, it's, she does it's good not work. Adita, so. it's not 
Adida and Jothan. <laughs> Jothan. And R zero zero two. Jothan. J- Jothan it makes me sound like it's some kind of like Amish name. <laughs> can you? Can you like for you Halloween? Guys, no, I was just gonna say if you send me uh, like the whole getup, I will wear it for all of season oh my three God. of recording. I will. Oh. We don't do like live oh. live video streams I, I was, or anything. Oh, but so but we can do a Jothan picture of the episode. How about how about we and I get could like you... pose with different animals? No, how about we get you an homage getup that you wear for the Hope Show? Oh, yeah, oh, I would do that. Statler Show. Oh my yeah, god, yeah, I like that. Please, let's do that. And then we but make if there's, you if there's the, like a... do the uh, do the 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 charity the, uh, the, 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 <laughs> shut up the charity treadmill the, thing. Uh... I'm not doing that. You you definitely should. In only homage if my getup. heart is better. Oh yeah, true. All only right, well, like, yeah, I don't want to actually die. Better. Dude. But I would eat sugar-free gummy bears, probably. I would totally <laughs> like that. Seems reasonable. I would totally They'd be fine for your heart bears. too, because they're Absolutely. sugar-free. Yeah, exactly. So we could start doing like a Jathan picture of the episode. <laughs> I think that would really add something to the show notes, like a new element that people would really enjoy. I technically can even include that into the feed, but I don't want to. <laughs> you want to? Why? Wait, what? You can so in RSS what? XML. You yeah, I know you can. I'm image. asking why you don't want to. Because it's stupid. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Are you calling my face stupid? Yes. <laughs> I wasn't directly, but now that you bring it up, oh yes. oh yes, absolutely. So speaking of wild, crazy whiskey guy, I think now would be a good time to go into it. What are y'all yeah. drinking? Go ahead, high energy. Anyone want to go first? Go ahead, high energy. No, Peyton, go. Oh, what do I have to go? <laughs> All right. It's you your want, day, uh, buddy. Uh, all right, so yeah. I've it's the first time right, well, we're letting you go. Shut up it. and let me talk then. <laughs> Don't blow oh my this. God, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, all right, so I have three beer bottles here. One is, or two is I'm gonna butcher the hell out of this. It's a Belgian beer or Belgian ale, I should say. Leffy, L-E-F-F-E. It's a blonde. It's probably just Leff. Leff. I again. It's got the ghost consonant in it. Leff. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. Who even cares? Anyway, I've got I've got two of these in a Stella. So I'll be drinking these, and then when that runs out, I'll probably switch to some vodka. Some vodka. Absolutely. All right, Jathan. Vodka. Oh, what? Oh, some absolute. Okay. Jathan. Oh yeah. What's on your plate? So this is our last. From a plate. Stop it right now! You stop interrupting me. So this is. So what are you drinking? Oh my god! (laughs) Hey hey, Jathan, what are you drinking? Many. May many portable glory holes descend upon you and surround you and make that's you feel like, widely uncomfortable. That sounds like one of those weird foreign curses. That like, <laughs> If I had a fucking island or something, that's what I would tell people. May, may a thousand portable <laughs> glory holes descend upon your person. All right, go. Sorry, go. So since this is our last regular season oh episode... Yes. I pulled out something special. I am drinking Lagavulin 16, which I don't believe I've ever had on the show before. How is that? I don't really like peated scotch that much in general, like Ardbeg or uh, Laphroaig. I don't like that much, but Lagavulin 16, I could sit and drink all day. It's just so smooth and it smells really smoky, but then the taste is not really like that. Like, it's kind of a surprise after you smell it. It's good stuff, though. It's good. It's uh... I mean, if you've never had it, I don't know that I would just buy a whole bottle, but if you could find it out and have, like, you know, a glass for even 20 bucks, and like, then you like it, buy like a bottle. Like part of a flight or something. Yeah. I got this for graduating college from my brother, and you... I hadn't opened it for quite a while, so 
Your college name is Brother? My brother gave it to me as a gift. Oh, okay. I thought your college name was my brother. and it was like, Nah, it's... college is the Buffaloes, you know? Scope From buff. college, comma, my brother. <laughs> yeah. Right. I guess. <laughs> I don't. I can't do sentences in the air. <laughs> in the air. I can't do sentences <laughs> in the air. You all, all heard right. it here first from Jathan. He can't do sentences in the air. <laughs> all right. So, so I'm going to. I know what you're drinking, I bet. I, well, you, I said it in pre-show. Yeah. But, drinking. but you there's a twist, Jathan. So first of all, I'm doing a mixed drink. I'm not going to say what it is quite yet, but I'm doing a mixed drink because I figure that'll help me drink faster throughout episodes. Okay. Right. Okay. Because I won't feel. Let's see if we can get him calculator su- drunk. I won't feel like such a mo- <laughs> so much of a lush. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I feel like I have to reserve for the shit show, but we'll see. Now, important question time for the both of you here. Yeah. When I do, oh, by the way, the drink is Jack and Coke. Only I'm not using actual Jack. I'm I'm using Bullet because I have like two more bottles of bourbon. I don't okay. I don't know where they I don't know where they come from, but I have them. Okay. So I'm trying to work my way through them before I work, work go on to like something more favorable. Now, okay. when you guys do mixed drinks, soda and spirit mixed drink, do you put the spirit in first or the soda? Okay, so it doesn't the, fucking pop. Pop. No, shut up, Jayton. Pop. But I don't. Mid, I just generally don't. Westerners. Shut up, Jayton. Oh, yes. God damn it. Shut your mouth. <laughs> There are two schools of thought here, okay? Yes. Now, the first school of thought, of course, is that you add in the alcohol, and then you add in your mix, and then you mix it together. I, that's, however, That's my personal like, school of thought, yes. Right. I've done it both ways. Mm-hmm. The method that seems to work for me the most, and helps me to make sure that I'm not drinking more than I should, is that I pour the alcohol in first, and then the mix. That seems to help me realize how much I'm actually pouring, versus how much I think I'm pouring when Did there's you... already mix in there. That's that that's what you said the first. Is that did you mean to re- reverse it the second time through or No, no, he said it yeah, right. I totally said it right. Yeah, so the first he said some people are of the school of thought that put the spirit in first and then the soda, right? Right. Right. And then other people then have you, So my right, method and then other people go the other way. Right. My method you is go to with do, the first way. Correct, because that way okay. I know how much I'm actually having versus I pour in three quarters of orange juice and then i'm pouring god knows how much vodka in there and people are looking at me like dude that's more than you should have and i'm like no no it's fine it's fine it's fine and then i wake up and i don't know what i did and people are staring at me like i'm you know an asshole sure (laughs) okay wait a second completely unrelated to knowing how much you're pouring in which uh, Mm -hmm. to be fair i don't really drink soda i'm starting off with one finger of whiskey and about one and a half of soda okay whatever i don't really care my point is though <laughs> thanks Jason. if you pour the whiskey and then the soda on top it doesn't fizz up over the top uh-huh but if you pour the soda first it does still hmm. especially if you have ice i didn't know that because i always do it spirit first so i didn't yeah, i didn't know if well, you try it the other way for your second one. i i think i i, I planned on actually keeping like a rolling thing I didn't plan on, like, waiting for it to empty and then... Well, now we need to do it for science. (laughs) Changing plans. Doing it for the Fair enough. Uh, So what happens if it starts fizzing all over everything? All over my my desk and my clothes and everything. Then we're going to hear you trying to slurp it up. (laughs) Gross. I'm going to need to, like... (sighs) 
bring that down a couple decibels too in post because no i backed up i like literally leaned back it, for that it came in very clear and very loud it was, it was. It, it's clear but it's not touching it's not it was, peaking it was i didn't very peak. loud and <laughs> it was still not really happy abnormally with that loud and it was gross Jathan. i i think that's you actually you actually made me almost like like I almost the time I was just like I'm almost I'm done. I'm <laughs> gonna just start calling no, you. Please don't. I will. <laughs> I will. I will, I will block your number from texting me. Oh my god. Okay, so we're 13 minutes in, and I promised Jathan we'd stick to a tight schedule because he's got stuff going on. He didn't go into what they are, so I'm assuming it's his night on the glory hole again tonight. But we're trying to stick on a strict schedule, so we're strict, just gonna strict strict schedule strict. Schedule. Strict schedule, if you're British. <laughs> We're going to jump right into the news. Peyton. All right, this is Peyton the News. All right, hey, uh, how was your uh, tur- turkey day? Was it good? I enjoyed it. Was it good. I, I had a good one. It was great. All right, so who here has used Imager? I know I have. Well, they, mm-hmm. had, a, they had a breach in 2014. Jeez. Did they tell anybody about it? No, they did not. Fucking assholes. Let's see, Troy Hunt, I think we've talked about Troy Hunt before. He runs the data breach notification service, Have I Been Pwned? Mm-hmm. Or Pond, or whatever it is. He informed the company on Thursday, which was, of course, Thanksgiving. And the next day, they reset some passwords and published a public disclosure. The problem is that the hack occurred in 2014. The company was told ZDNet that hackers stole 1.7 million email addresses and passwords. They were scrambled with the SHA-256 algorithm, which has been passed over in recent years in favor of stronger password scramblers. So, uh, I didn't include personal information, so there's that, at least, because they don't really ask for real names, addresses, or phone numbers. So all that was really lost was email addresses and passwords. However, how many of your users have the same username and password for all their accounts? Exactly. Mm -hmm. The next bit of news we have is that you may have heard of net neutrality and the fight with the FCC over uh, the repeal of this. Well. There are, there were apparently more than a million pro-repeal net neutrality comments, and they were faked. Uh, this gentleman named Jeff K.A.O. used a natural language processing technique to analyze net neutrality comments submitted to the FCC from April to October 2017, and the results were disturbing. Mm-hmm. This is a nice did you, did you see ahead. I added the again in there? Because we've explicitly talked about this on the show the first, well, not yeah. not the first time they did it, but the last time they did it. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we, yeah. We've, we've talked about this. The problem that I have is that we keep having to, to talk about this yep. because people don't understand what net neutrality actually does for you. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if you've been on the internet recently, but a lot of sites have been demonstrating what can happen if you don't have net neutrality, including things like having to pay an extra amount of money to be able to go on Twitter, or you're limited in your bandwidth speeds, or something like that. Uh, I know Cloudflare, Cloud, Cloudflare has teased that they will limit Ajit Pay's internet access if it does get repealed. So, hey, whatever. The problem that I have with this is that people are, the people who are against net neutrality are, of course trying to game the system. The fight's not over until it's over, in my in my opinion. You know, we'll we'll get through this or we won't. I mean, we'll figure it out. So anyway, according to the article, he said that less than eight hundred thousand of the twenty two million plus comments submitted to the FCC could be considered truly unique. He's got twenty here top twenty comment campaigns accounting for whopping whopping seventeen million plus of the twenty two million. And the first of the first ones is I'm in favor of strong 
etc. So go ahead and take a look at this. It's actually really neat the way he does this. We hope that uh, they don't repeal that neutrality, but we'll see. You guys remember? The well, it's go. from my understanding, and I didn't read the entire proposal, so mm-hmm. I'm sure our listeners will correct me if I'm if I'm off about this. But no, they, they've never done that. <laughs> oh goodness, I wish. But from what I understand, the the vote coming up on December sixth, early December, somewhere around. I think around so. I think so. Is to repeal specifically some added protections that were added in the last two years, not the entirety of net neutrality. Right. So while it would be a negative thing to lose those additional protections, yeah, I it's we don't not want like to. we're not undoing. Yeah, we don't want to, that to happen, but it's not like we're undoing the entirety of the net neutrality regulations. It is a slippery slope, though. So once they absolutely. do this, absolutely, it, it yeah. absolutely opens the door for them to say, well. You didn't need that, so we're just going to take away this for you now. And yeah, or it's, we've, it's definitely we've been something good. that... Go ahead. Okay. As I related to a friend asking about it, I, I said, um, you know, like, they, it may give them the opportunity, at the very least on a, on a social precedent, maybe not a legal precedent, but a social precedent, they can say, look, we, we were good dogs. When you loosened the leash, how about taking the leash hmm. off? You know? Hmm. And that's we're, not we're something we want to happen, because the whole point of that leash is... To prevent it from being a feasible, a feasible practicality of them doing so, not to right explicitly prevent it, it's to actively prevent right. it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But please, please, we won't do this. But please let us be able to do this. Yeah. We won't do <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Please let us do it. Exactly. Please, please. Yeah. We, we right, swear, Scouts Honor, we won't. Do it. So last time we talked, we talked about the Intel management engine. Well, Intel today, which this was the twentieth admitted that its management engine, its server platform services, and its trusted execution engine are all vulnerable to multiple worrying security flaws. The firmware, firmware, holy cow, the firmware level bugs allowed logged in administrators and malicious or hijacked high-privileged processes to run code beneath the operating system. There we go. Let's see. So, obviously, of course, this is a system that's inside your processor. It's its, its own black box, so to speak. It allows, you know, your administrator or someone malicious to do whatever they want to your system without any knowledge of you being able to stop it, including antivirus or anything like that. So it's, it's they said it's Chipzilla. Chipzilla's much maligned co-processor center of its vPro suite of features, and it's present in various chip families. It's been called a backdoor. It's targeted by researchers at the UK-based Positive Te- Technologies. They have some new ways. They are going to reveal some new ways to exploit it next month. Mm. It is an x86 Quark, Quark core, and it runs Minix, of course. It uses closed-source remote administration software, and it contains bugs, like pretty much everything has. Yeah. There is a reveal in here that they have. They don't say much more than I've already said. Mm-hmm. Matthew Garrett, a Google security researcher, pointed out that the aforementioned AMT flaw could allow remote exploitation. Now, I'm not sure what to say about this, really. It's, it's This is really scary. But we also, we knew it was coming in the aughts, you know, the early aughts. Yeah. So, in the future, I mean, I'm, I'm also not surprised. We're not strictly an InfoSec podcast. We get into it a fair bit because it's, it's you know, like blue teaming is mm-hmm. essentially part of our role. But right. at some point, I think we should talk about how disclosure can affect us like sysadmins and sys engineers and stuff. Because yeah. specifically in this case, you know, they're gonna be releasing more exploits and flaws and, and things, vulnerabilities as 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 they discover more about it in the, the yeah. next five months. 
that is not enough time. It's a hardware level flaw. To, to my knowledge, there hasn't been any sort of software level fix that you can apply, not via microcode, not anything else. So, well, Russian Russian researchers have fixed it, but that's only after it yeah, executes. Yeah, so it's not code, a fix, which is it's. I mean, it's pointless at that. It's point. a workaround, but it it's still running. Yeah, exactly. So I think you're delayed. No, I I just kept talking and I didn't. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I didn't stop myself in time. Yeah, so like that's not really ideal, and I feel like we could spend an entire episode on that though. So I don't want to get too we, much. We into could, it. we could, yeah. we could, we could. Maybe season three. So the next, yeah, maybe. So our next bit of terrible, horrible news is that a malicious mobile bank bot Trojan has been injected into everyday apps. I'm not really sure what they mean by everyday apps, except that it's on a lot of different apps, apparently. Wells Fargo, Chase, and Citibank. Yeah, well, it was targeting the apps of those, but then it's also saying that it's been in flashlight apps, it was in solitaire games and cleaner apps... And it's been dropping things besides BankBot called Mazar and Red Alert. These are using the apps to spy on users, collect bank login details, and steal money. Google did remove the older versions of BankBot carrying apps from the Play Store fairly quickly. Some act- some versions remain active until November 17th. I-, I-, I mean, you know, do you really need to download the Flashlight app from Google Play to be able to use the LED on your phone? I mean, I mean really? You don't anymore. But you used to. Not anymore. Older yeah, phones yeah. you had to, yeah. I I, I'm aware. I'm aware. But, I mean, realistically, if the permissions of the Flashlight app require you to, you know, let it see all these different things, maybe you should install yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Always always yeah. keep the per- permissions in mind, of course. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's that. Please don't be stupid. This did actually come from the Google Play Store. But in reality, when dealing with the Play Store, I mean, it can be compromised. So... In the past, we've said not to use anything other than the Play Store, but you can still, you know, you can still use the Play Store. Just be careful. Have you ever used any TP-Link hardware rent? Very extensively, yeah. That was was the flagship vendor for Project Free stuff. Yeah. Well, they serve outdated or nor firmware at all on 30% of their European websites. Not surprised. (laughs) They're... Not surprised at all. The ups, yeah, the vendor no. firmware is terrible. I mean, I was using OpenWRT, oh, yeah. but the vendor firmware itself is, is terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was reading about this, and Europe has a single harmonized standard for radio equipment, including Wi-Fi-enabled devices. Mm-hmm. Switzerland and Turkey, they weren't on board that until Directive 2014-53EU went into effect earlier this year. But there shouldn't really be a need for country-specific firmware for Wi-Fi network equipment within the European uh, area. However, TP-Link does not have that firmware at all hmm. on some of their websites. This is nuts. The gentleman published this. He said he looked into nine TP-Link products that are sold in Europe, checked the firmware versions, and some countries have multiple languages, but there was no difference between the languages in the same country. Eight of the products were, products were randomly selected. Let's see. Only the Czech Republic, Finland, France, Italy, the Netherlands, and Romania have the latest firmware versions available for all products listed on their regional websites. So there are 75% or so missing. So, yep, that's interesting. Uh, I hate TP-Link. I've got a couple TP-Link things here, and they're actually all turned off. So there you go. The next bit of terrible, horrifying, god-awful news is that a gentleman got threats from DJI after he found DJI customer data in public view. The developers had left the private keys for both the wildcard certificate for all the company's web domains and the keys to cloud storage on AWS services exposed publicly in code posted to GitHub. If that doesn't terrify you, 
holy cow, man. Like, what are you guys doing over there? Jesus. Yeah. He learned through a DJ and modern Slack channel that some DJI AWS accounts were set to be publicly accessible, and the buckets included all attachments to the service emails they received, images of damaged drones, receipt, and other personal data, and occasional photos of people cut by propellers. So he sent an inquiry... I didn't hear anything for about two weeks. Then he received a message saying, for the scope, the bug bounty program covers all the security issues in firmware, applications and servers, including source code leak, security workaround privacy issue. We are working on a detailed guide, user guide for it. So then he wrote up a disclosure report, like, you know, like you're supposed to, right? He documented the extent of the breach. He discovered some personal identifying information. He gave the company an immediate heads up on the exposure via a friend of DJI. And he was then contacted by another DJI employee they offered to hire him directly to consult with them on security. He submitted his full report at that time, and then they threatened him mm. after a month. That's so ridiculous. He received an email containing agreement contract that said did not offer researchers any sort of protection. Yeah, so this is uh, they actually called him a hacker in their uh, in their release. It's terrible. It really is. What the hell? <sighs> so back to something bright and shiny. AWS is moving from Zen towards KVM. Obviously, KVM is the kernel-based virtual machine. This is good news. I, I like this news. Yeah, I Zen mean, is... KVM's mainlined into the kernel, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, of course, it's it's a favorite of all of ours. Indeed, indeed. I, I love KVM uh, over Zen or anything else. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's fantastic. Dude, don't you use fucking VMware? <laughs> I I use VMware at home and I use VMware at work, but I do like KVM. I can like something just because I and still not use it. I thought you were come on, I man. You were talking to me, Jay Flynn, and I was like, no, I I do not, I do not. I no, I am no, you don't. I am unfortunately required to use VMware at work. Mm. Well, I mean, you can't you can't like petition them to change their entire infrastructure if you don't have that kind of level of control especially as the new guy coming yeah. in i mean i'm yeah. working on my second year here you know i can't just walk and be like yo we should drop vmware and put in kvm i heard it's better yo props that's what i do well it's no wonder you didn't get laughed out of your job okay. <laughs> wow okay. so Fucker. the last bit of news we have and something that's not terrible it's actually good it's a nice good feeling bit of news mm-hmm. is that the Pentagon, which is normally very anti-hacker, they actually opened up to hackers and they fixed thousands of bugs. Mm. Hacking protective systems, of course, is illegal under the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, and I believe they can label you a terrorist if done so. The DOJ will enforce the law. It's been, you know, stressed that that's something that they will definitely do. It's not, you know, something they they just kind (laughs) of, whatever. The Department of Defense opened a project 18 months ago called Hack the Pentagon. I believe we reported on the initial opening of this. Pretty sure we did, yeah. And it's helped. It's helped them out a lot. Over a 24-day period, dozens of pre-selected security researchers hunted down vulnerabilities in certain public-facing DoD websites. Mm-hmm. They paid tens of thousands of dollars to 58 hackers. One made a total of 15K. Not they bad. ended up resolving more than 138 unique vulnerabilities. This is good. This is a good yeah. deal. Uh, I wish that more people would be open to this sort of thing mm-hmm. you know you're not perfect you know, we've discussed we discussed this with uh, johnny and uh Derek mm-hmm. or uh, the other day is that you know you're not perfect you are going to make mistakes it's not you know so having the ability to have someone else come in and say well this is where you're having problems is i think it's perfect mm-hmm. so and unless i miss something that's uh that's paid with the news yep, that's it okay so we're gonna open up so, our our discussion segment 
with a topic that we were mm -hmm. initially going to do last episode if we had time. We did not have time, so we didn't get around to it. But, um, but, um, but, um, but, um, but <laughs> oh my god, please. <laughs> but we, we do have time now. So Javon came up with this topic, and he wants to know... We've sort we of talked sort about of, this, but sort not of have, yeah. very He wants done. to know when you should use something like Kickstart, or Debian Precede, or I'm missing one, aren't I? Like there's does OpenSUSE use Kickstart or something else? I have no idea. The systems oh, or AIF if you're <laughs> if you're an Arch user. I wrote AIFNG, so it, <laughs> it uses basically the same idea of like a network bootstrapped system. Why you want to use something like that where it's a bare metal configuration utility, install utility, things like that to configure your system, versus doing like a bare metal install using a Kickstarter or Precede or what have you, and then using something like Puppet or Ansible or Chef to sort of expound upon that, to fill in the missing pieces post-installation mm -hmm. in the live environment. Do either of you have a preferred methodology for that? Because I do, but I want to hear what you have to say first. We're talking about bare metal versus... Well, we're talking about like when to Kickstart versus yeah, how Ooh, extensive yeah. should so, you go so... If it were up to mm -hmm. me, my preference would be to do the bare minimum with mm -hmm. Kickstart and do basically everything else with Puppet. Yep. And the reason for that is, well, there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, for one, at this point, you can sort of just normally script within Kickstart, but the environment's a little wonky and sometimes you run into really it's, weird things. Yeah, both Kickstart and Precedes are really awkward. Yeah. So so for me to just do something with Puppet, I think it's much mm -hmm. quicker. I also think that the code reuse aspect of it is greater with mm -hmm. Puppet. Like if you script an entire deployment with Puppet, even if you only have that exact deployment once in your whole career, every piece of what you did, you now know how to do because you were forced to learn it, right? Like forced to do mounts, forced to do networking, forced to do whatever the case may be, users, groups, et cetera, et cetera. I am also a huge fan of Puppet because it ensures that your systems remain in a steady mm -hmm. state. If you use Kickstart and you, you know, you run it one time and in three weeks somehow you have changes to the system, it's not like Kickstart goes back and cleans those up for you. Now, granted, I would hope you don't have that situation at least like willy-nilly without someone having made those changes because that's a sure. bigger problem. But, you know, on my, my machines at work, Puppet runs once an hour and ensures that everything is okay. Hmm. So... You know, the other thing is, if I were to use Kickstart to just add, you know, 500 users to a system, yeah, I've added them with Kickstart, that's great. Well, what if on the third day, I need to actually remove six six mm -hmm. users, right? That's not something I can now do unless I do it manually, whereas if I had done it with Puppet, I now just have to change six lines about those doesn't, user definitions. Doesn't Puppet have, like, a assert user does not exist sort of a thing? Yeah. Well, then why wouldn't you use yeah. that? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That, that's okay. that's my point. But you would no, I, but I if you're going you're to add saying, that functionality, that point, you're editing two things. You're removing it from the Kickstart, and you're also adding a job to Puppet to handle that. Yeah, right. Okay. Exactly. All right. I mean, I could go both ways about this. The so this topic was sort of interesting for me because I just redeployed or just rebuilt one of our clusters, sure. and it was the larger of our two or three ish clusters. Well, we sort of combined two now. So, but it was not like we had a whole lot of time to turn around and get everything done that we had mm -hmm. to get done. So it ended up being sort of a collaboration with another coworker where we really broke it up. And the parts that he was responsible for, he did entirely within mm -hmm. Kickstart. 
and I did my parts within Puppet. So at the end, we had this really weird hybrid thing where, like, you know, the most important parts that were needed for, like, essential functionality were in mm-hmm. the Kickstarter. And then the rest was all picked up on the very first Puppet sure. run. And, of course, installing Puppet and stuff like that was mm-hmm. part of the Kickstart process. So when the nodes rebooted after they installed, they were basically ready to go with Puppet. And, you know, we have a reboot cron job, so Puppet runs first thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Puppet put all the, the networking in place, the routes, the different... What the fuck am I trying to say? Uh, bonded interfaces, stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I It was the first time that I had used Kickstart that much. In the past, I'd always done it like I described in, like, absolute bare minimum with Kickstart and then picked up with Puppet for the rest. And it was interesting to see, as my coworker was working through this, some of the challenges he had with, like, variable naming that just, like... It wasn't allowing him to call variables in certain places that it seems like he should have been able to. And it was a bit of a trial and error process, admittedly. Whereas if it had just been Puppet all along, that just never would have happened. Hmm. Interesting. So I'm, I'm on the yeah. fence about it. You know, I don't use Puppet for any of my personal machines mm-hmm. because I don't think that, you know, maintaining my one user account and everything is really well, warranted. Well, yeah, but I mean, do you use like Kickstart? No. Well, there you go. Or I guess AIFNG since your, your machines are Arch, but... Well, yeah, but but I'm thinking like uh, even the rack mount that I have that has CentOS on mm-hmm. it now. Oh yeah, is you know I kept the Kickstart file because if I had to redo it, I sure. could. Mm-hmm. And I also have Kickstart files that I use to build VMs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which which okay. does. But a lot of people don't take advantage of that because well, and and to be fair, if you wanted to just have a bare bones CentOS seven minimal image, you could also just make an image of it within KVM or VMware or whatever the hell. And deploy from that image, which is arguably going to be faster than than doing a, mm-hmm. a full install with Kickstart. Mm-hmm. But it's also harder to change. Yeah, and update, which is why I like yeah. Kickstart because for any given, you know, well, you can. Did you know you can inject Kickstart options into the kernel? Oh yeah, line? yeah, mm. yeah. So so I have a base one, and if I need to modify it, I usually do okay. it that way, and then I just let the installer run, and you know, when it's done, it's done. So in any case, I guess I'd be interested to hear your feedback because, you know, I don't think there's a right answer here. You can obviously obviously accomplish the same thing both ways. But I'm curious if you could come up with a compelling reason when one or the other would definitely be. Well, first, I'm going to I'm going to check in with Peyton. Peyton, do you have do you have a preferred methodology here? So I'm going to actually be a little boring and I'm going to kind of agree with Jathan just a little bit. I do like the bare metal, you know, just the absolute basics, you know, get it up, get it running. Mm -hmm. And then you use Puppet Ansible, whatever you need to do with, to, you know, flesh it out for what it needs to be. I feel like that's a little bit better versus, you know, having niche or, you know, doing everything right from the start, in my opinion. I, I just feel like using Puppet to, to actually do its job is the better idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, it's kind of boring. It's fairly close to what Jathan was saying. I just feel like, you know, with that ability to work, the ability to do that, you, you should do that. You sure. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. And gentlemen, I would like us all to raise our drinks because mm. okay. I think this might be the first time in at the very least this entire Holy season. Shit. I know what's going to happen. Oh, I think I that we have all agreed on something technical. Well, here, here. Clink. Oh, wait, Clink. wait, I can make it happen. There we go. So, <laughs> so I do agree at definitely on the general bird's eye view approach that you want to get that bare metal up as fast as possible, whether that means a pre-install yeah. image that's just bare bones or... You know, I mean, like, I can... Sorry, go ahead. Or a uh, Kickstart. The nice thing about yeah. Kickstart is no matter what configuration management you use, Ansible, Puppet, whatever, 
actual package installation will always go faster in Kickstart. Sure. I mean, that's just that's just the nature of it because it it doesn't need to do dependency checking or anything like that because it's all hand. I disagree. Well, you should probably you test that. All you want. Be- because well, it depends if you manually set mirrors. Well, that's what I mean. I was I was getting that. So like you can do that, especially on the kernel command line, at least with CentOS. And if you have a local mirror, you will definitely notice the speed benefits of doing it during bootstrapping during the bare metal install. So I mm-hmm. would want to get some core packages that I know every single box will have SSH. Yeah, I, I was going to comment on that. I was going to say, I mean, I would, yeah. I, I was going to say, you know, have SSH, have Shorewall, have a, you know, a generic config so that, you know, you know what, it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, it's already got the public config in there. You know, I, I mean, that's, that's what I feel like is, is the best way of doing that. I feel, yeah, and if you, obviously, I would hope this goes without saying, but obviously, if you have a sort of an agent that you need to install for your configuration management, Puppet requires an agent, right, Shaitan? Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's not a persistently running But it it still needs some sort of, okay. All Ansible needs is Python, and CentOS already has that because of Yum. So, and SSH, obviously, but it's also a little bit slower than Puppet, so. We, we talk a lot about that in the previous episode, but yeah, if you do need to install some sort of agent or target side software, bare metal would definitely be the time to do it because duh, right? But right. I want to go a little bit further than that. I would say bootstrapping via Kickstart is the time to set up your SSH pub key access and your firewall rules. Oh, God. And NTP. And NTP, yes. <laughs> yeah. You can avoid yeah, a yeah. lot of because, problems. Because, and I'll tell yeah. you why. I think you I'll told tell you why. why last if episode. I've, there I've are many reasons. NTP plenty because, yes. A but number NTP. one, if you're using Puppet, it relies on SSL yes. yeah. So if you, they don't match up in terms of time and your SSL if your time drift work, is bad, and you're not going to be able to finish your deployment. If your time drift is bad enough, it'll break yum. Yeah. So it's not just... Yeah. It, I've never yeah. experienced yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so... It'll break every. It'll mean it's, it'll break. It has enough. very wide-reaching effects if you don't use NTP yeah. or an equivalent. We had servers at work that the drift, they were load-balanced servers, right? And so oh, NTP gosh. was very important. They were because they heartbeat to, to each the, other. Yeah. Right. 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 Jeez. So there was to the millisecond or whatever. They started drifting. One was fine, uh-huh. but the other one just drifted. Just drifted, and it was only like a second or a second and a half. But as soon as I think it may have gotten up to like eight seconds that when we finally got to it, it probably dropped whatever. right out of the pool the second it hit like one or two seconds. Out it of was drift, right? just errors. Yeah. Like as soon as it transferred over, just error, but yeah. blow up. Heartbeat you know? does not like so, that. So, no, it does not. And I mean, I can tell you, I, I can tell you from a personal experience that having NTP working and functioning is very important, especially if you have load balanced servers that need to be perfectly synced. Yep. You know. Yep. Definitely. So that's definitely something important. Now, the reason I want to get specific with this is because I think it can depend on a lot of things, especially the size of your deployments, right? Of that's your what entire she said? server pool. <laughs> yes. The size size of deployments, not the the not how you use them, I guess. Sure. So, like I said, Kickstart does offer a faster turn up in terms of package installation. However, there is a big issue with Kickstarting, and that is the unless you actually SSH in and configure Kickstart to set that up for you on initialization, mm-hmm. which is a pain. Mm-hmm. It is very difficult to get the current status of that install unless you have like IP KVM or something like that. Now, oh, well, with config true. management, but, but you can yes. also 
you can also, if you have an open relay or something, you can reasonably send yourself an email when it completes successfully. Yeah, but which I've open done relays before. are a whole nother mess that I... Well, I'm saying the... open within the environment. No, I understand. Like, locked down to the LAN and everything, or the VLAN. I get it, but it's still not something I want to fuck around with. Yeah. Well, you're less fucky <laughs> than me. Less fucky. I like to live dangerously. I also like to live dangerously. Okay, so, <laughs> right, and you can do that. That is an option, but I don't like getting emails unless it's urgent. I like right. I like checking status and progress right. of things on demand. I don't like you, waiting for that and not and receiving it when it's not convenient. Yeah, I don't like receiving emails that say everything is good because that makes me go, wait a minute. But that's what's wrong. Well, here? no, there are benefits to no. that because like there are some benefits because to that. Yes, otherwise you don't know at all until I, like I would, it's completely <sighs> finished and you can run checks against that. But I. I would rather like maybe a weekly status email that says on this day all these were good. Sure, maybe. but you're not if they're all good. You're not running. You know, you're not turning up boxes like mm-hmm. throughout the week. It's it's like mm-hmm. it should be a one time thing per box, right. or if you know disaster strikes another time. You know, it's got to be a once per server kind of a thing. So that's why I right. like config management in that aspect because I know Ansible does, and I imagine Puppet does as well. Have status logs. Or just prints out the status uh, to standard out or something like that, right? Does Puppet have that? Sort of. Yeah. Well, yeah, Puppet okay, keeps yeah. a log. So, it's not really just like a yes or no log. But also, you know, if you have a visualization tool like Puppet Board, then you sure, can see it there exactly. as well. There, the there is location. some source of on-demand status checking rather than barrage sort of notification, which I don't like unless it's urgent. So... I do like that aspect of config management. Obviously, config management is miles better for actual configuration management. I would not want to configure services via Kickstart. People had to back in the day. You know, they had to. But I wouldn't want to do that because we have better options. It's just fucking hard. Yeah, it's very clumsy. It's like you take so much time setting it up that you could have just... Done it manually, yeah, honestly. Yeah, well, no, I mean, it depends on how often you, you configure it. But that kind of brings me to my last point of differentiation here. You need to think, like, in terms of machine-specific functions, role-specific functions, group-specific functions, things like that. That is built in to Ansible and probably Puppet, too. I, I haven't used Puppet, so I can't vouch for that. But you do have, like, yeah. roles and stuff, right? That's all built into that. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Kickstart... You don't really have that at all because it, it's a kernel command line kind of a thing or it's built into the initial RAM disk or whatever. Now, if you combine, as you commonly do with Kickstart, granted, if you combine Kickstart with something like Pixie or iPixie where you can specify a Mac address specific config or in iPixie, you can even like tag certain ranges of IPs and stuff. Definitely like, if you're using regular vanilla Pixie, switch over to iPixie. You will thank me. But the point is both of them offer mechanisms where you can specify machine specific. Wow. Machine specific. And <laughs> with a little, I know, and with a little modification, with a little of elbow grease, role specific type functionality for that bare metal. So you can do it with pre-seeds and with kickstarts, but it's 
a lot more, what do we want to call that? Technical debt, I guess. You're, it's investing a lot yeah. more time. Yeah, it's definitely a lot yeah. more time to set it up. As opposed to something like Puppet or that has it like extremely yeah, yeah, baked in. Yeah. Entirely built into the entire purpose. It's, it's and already there. It. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that's all I really have to say on that. It definitely de- depends on the size of deployment, how complex your bootstrapping process is, and how complex your role structure is, you know, your fleet structure. But aside from those, I think it's largely a matter of whatever you're comfortable with the most. Sure. Yeah. Works for me. Cool. All right, you guys want to go on to the second topic? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this one... What a great time. Jathan, are you ready for this? <laughs> are, you, are, you are you high energy? <laughs> no, I'm not sure I can get on the... Hate Come on, man. Magic well, carpet well, with you. Come can, on, you, man. you can bring that up, and that's fine. Come on, man. Because can, look, I, can we get a, can we oh. get a high energy woo, at least? Oh. Woo! Uh, it'll have to do. All right. So, woo. you know what we should do is just sub in one of his, his high energy moves <laughs> from, from past from episodes. The other episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it works for me. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I wish somebody would take my high energy woos and like make dubstep <laughs> out of them. <laughs> Listeners, if you, if you want to do that, we would love it. Just make sure it's CC licensed so we can put it on the air. You might actually get a special surprise if you do that. I I think we can make that happen, yeah. So, Rain Dev from our IRC channel. It, it'll just be Jayton's dick in a, in a Snapchat. <laughs> it'll be something special. Oh. <laughs> All right, whatever. So, Rain Dev from our IRC channel. I'm not going to say his, his real name because he didn't give us clearance to do so. So, you know, we'll put it in the naughty, notes. Naughty. We'll put it in the notes if you if you want. His real name, that. of course. Yeah, if, you, if you want us to do that later. <laughs> But he wrote in, he wrote us an email, which we love getting, by the way. And he said, just why do you guys hate clouds and containers? He's heard us talk about it and mention it in various levels. And we've kind of touched upon it before, but we haven't really gone into detail as to why. That's a really great question. It is a good question. And I'm, I'll let you lead. I think, I think all three <laughs> of us have different answers and different levels as to how much we hate them. I know Jathan isn't on the same amount of hate train. His hate train isn't the well, same. Well, I have as mine. a fucking reason, though. I have a fucking right, do you reason. Want, do you want to go first? I have a reason. I okay, want to go. go first. Okay, so I you have to do it in the in the voice from last Mm-mm. time, though. Mm-mm. <laughs> Peyton asked no, for it. No, I'm vetoing it right here. He okay, is the host. Anyway, yeah. Okay, <laughs> but anyway. Yes. So here's the thing. So I run, help run, manage, whatever, several compute clusters that researchers use to do their scientific research, blah, 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 right? blah, blah. The clusters that we have were primarily funded by sure. grant money. And don't, don't you pour this the wrong way, bitch. <laughs> I think this is vodka. I don't, I don't think it's. No, this is, this is. Oh, I thought that was, I thought that was you. Oh, no, actually. no. That was bear. Oh, okay, wow, right, sorry. Wow, overreaction. <laughs> Peyton's still a bitch, but anyway. So it's great for the researchers. You know, we maintain the cluster. They can basically use it as much as they want, which in my opinion is great because it encourages experimentation, sure. right? If you're writing a new pipeline or program or, or algorithm or whatever, you don't have to worry about paying for an Amazon instance if you have a local resource that you can use, you know, within reason as much as you need. And I think that that leads to... Better science. Sure. Yeah. Personally. However, a lot of grant funding these days is going 
or being preference towards people applying for grants and asking to use the money for like Google Cloud Compute Engine or whatever they call it and Amazon and stuff like that. And I think the reason, I think there's a few reasons. I think one, Amazon is a lower barrier of entry. You don't need an IT team to spin up an Amazon instance. Mm -hmm. So I think that it gives smaller institutions or smaller labs an opportunity to still do some of the same type of work, even if they're not at a larger institution or one with more money that has an entire IT team and a Mm. compute cluster. The other thing, though, is, you know, if you get a working piece of software already in an Amazon image that you just pay to spin up, like if I'm publishing Joe Blow software and I provide an AWS image so people can download it, they know that I built that and tested it and it's validated. It's good to go. So here's my thing. I hate interacting with Amazon as a rule. We used Amazon for the hackathon last May. And I thought that went really well, though. It did. And I'm not saying, but but here's the thing. I spun up the most bare images I could, and then I ran Puppet. <laughs> so it wasn't like I used Amazon's <laughs> tools to manage those instances. I didn't use their firewall. I just used fucking IP tables because I'm a man. <laughs> I mean... I feel like there might be some contestation on that. Okay, all right. Yes. The man part? Yes. That's fine. I go to gay clubs and they buy me drinks. Okay. Well, no, you can you could be gay and still be a man. I mean, like, yeah. you can't grow a beard. Yeah. You're, right. You're a boy. You don't know me. You're a little child. Have your balls even dropped? You're a boy. Are you even legal? Are you even allowed to drink? <laughs> Why are you asking, Peyton? <laughs> Fucking predation going on. So anyway, so anyway, so yeah, we had a good experience using Amazon and they very graciously donated a huge fuck ton of credit for us for that event that we actually are still, you know, we still have some and we're still going through it and using it to test and get ready for the next event that we're going to put on and hopefully use them again. And so from my perspective, though, I did like the bare minimum in terms of like the DevOpsy cloud bullshit I could. I say that as I deployed with Puppet, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I wasn't using their pointy clicky firewall stuff. I wasn't spinning up, you know, prefab containers or anything like that. I wasn't using any of their graphical tools for creating users and managing logins and stuff like that. I literally spun up the bare minimum, installed Puppet, and had a centralized location where Puppet got all the information it needed. And that being said, I have no choice but to do what is right for the people I work for, essentially. And, you know, we still have the compute cluster now, but maybe when the hardware is really out of date and it's time to reevaluate, we opt for applying for a whole lot of cloud credit and we have like a persistent instance that scales when new jobs Mm -hmm. are submitted. And as much as it pains me to say that, I do think that for most institutions who are not using their compute clusters at 100% utilization 100% of the time, that could honestly pose a cost savings over buying hardware and having, you know, because you have to think, you need the entire compute cluster, like the nodes themselves, you need, you know, at least a 10 gigabit, but most likely 40 gigabit interconnect of some some type, words. You need all the cabling that goes with that, which maybe you have on hand, maybe you don't. You have, obviously, the man hours that go into not just, you know, the software parts of it, not just building the nodes, but actually physically installing them and racking them and cabling them and power and etc 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 yes yeah i mean whatever comes up and so i do think that there's a compelling argument for certain fields to move towards the cloud my issue with the cloud comes in in a few places and one is where people who don't know shit like you know fucking node.js developers 
are trying to run their own development instances He's in the cloud. Calling them out. <laughs> yeah, fuck, fuck them. Fucking wreck, um, dude. Jesus. Not that I, not that I disagree, um, but no, 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 no. I know I, you I don't, don't disagree. All right, so, so here's down. the thing. So I think that you know, yes, Amazon provides tools for firewalling and stuff like that, but those people, you know, they're haphazardly just pointing and clicking. And applying things that they think they're right because they read it in a fucking guide and they don't actually understand what's going on or why. And I also think that it poses some serious fucking security risks that people don't consider because of that, right? Because they're not a systems administrator and they're trying to deploy some production yeah. service because they want to sell it or show it off or whatever. And in the meantime, you know, they could end up doing more damage than good. Also, also, sort of along the same lines, and we talked about this with, uh, mm. with Johnny... And Daryl or something. <laughs> Mostly, I, I just remember Johnny saying it. But when you are using any external provider, like a VPS provider, a cloud provider, whatever, it's all the same shit. You don't have any fucking idea where that data is going or how mm -hmm. it's being analyzed or looked at or whatever. And, you know, I use Linode because I know a few people that have worked there. I know a few people that currently work there. Do I realize that Linode could look at all of my traffic? Yeah, absolutely. Well, sure, but you you still but I trust and, and you Linode. still know them well enough to like call them on the shit if it happens to be the case. So they're well, a lot more. Sure, if I ever <laughs> found out. But the thing is, with a huge fucking conglomerate like right. Amazon, I mean, it's like you know, using an Android device or an iPhone, you know that Google and Apple, respectively, are collecting mm -hmm. your fucking data, and you know that's a calculated risk. For me, the calculated risk of using the cloud for personal use. For things like, you know, potentially email and repository hosting and stuff like that, especially things that maybe aren't actually supposed to be public, I don't have that kind of faith in Amazon that I do in a company like Linode. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can agree with that. Absolutely. So that's definitely my sort of little rant, and I would love to talk about this more, but we are actually getting really fucking long into this. I mean, we can. Well, that's the whole point um, of the episode. I mean, you know, it'll trim down. We're fine. We're yeah. probably yeah. not well, even at fifty uh, minutes in the production, so. Yeah, I mean, I could just keep going and going. Like, I'm getting working towards I should be receiving it soon after the holidays. I didn't get to schedule it for before. But my RHCSA, mm -hmm. right? You're working on that? Yeah, yeah, he's working on it. Very nice. Yeah, so, you know, some people have sort of asked me, like, oh, why would you bother getting an RHCSA or RHCE when you could go on to get, like, Google <laughs> Cloud Compute Certification or Amazon? And the thing that it boils down to is... You know, like I mentioned before, you can use Amazon and spin up a very base image and you're still just working with fucking mm -hmm. Linux. So why would I not get a certification that applies beyond the cloud? Also, and there are some things you can do in the cloud with, you know, like I'm trying to think of what the fuck Amazon calls them. Basically, like it's almost like a private VLAN. You oh, can set yeah, up I, I know. What and you're stuff like about. that. But they don't yeah, call it VLANs. Call it. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, yeah, and that's the kind of thing that you couldn't necessarily do without hey, their you tools. You get that for free with because obviously Vulture and a couple others. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, it's a little different because it's more configurable. Mm. But in any case, it's just like if you need that functionality, I would question whether or not you should even be thinking mm -hmm. about their cloud. But beyond that, again, the RHCSA, RHCE, and the real reason I'm getting the RHCSA, which should be a cakewalk, is because I want to get an RHCE. There's just like there's no reason for me to get a, a, a certification that's specific to using mm -hmm. Amazon when I don't currently use Amazon and I'm not looking for a job that uses Amazon. And yes, I understand that right now people who are fucking, you know, I'm doing air quotes here, cloud but engineers. You couldn't do cloud air quotes. I can't do sentences. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Anyway. That is, that is what he said. 
carry on, uh, carry on. Yeah, so cloud engineers are making huge amounts of money because people are just eating up this Amazon mm. shit. But it's not something that I have a strong desire to do. I like having my own hardware. I, you know, I will bitch when I have to go downstairs and change a hard drive or rip a power supply out or whatever. God knows I bitch about everything. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I know the condition that my hardware is in. I know, you know, whether or not it's stable. If something goes wrong, it's on me to fix it. And you know the ETA of your own SLA. Yeah. Right, exactly. And it's not going to just be, well, we're experiencing... I mean, Amazon, I don't know if it was earlier this season or last season when they had their huge fucking outage on the Mm -hmm. East Coast. And it was just like a whole day of the Internet being fucking broken because so many people use Amazon. And Mm -hmm. it's just like I don't ever want to be in that situation where I'm completely helpless. And, yeah, it's nice to just pawn it off like, oh, it's someone else's problem. But that doesn't actually stop, you know, your superior or people above him or her telling you hey you need to do something it about doesn't, this so. it doesn't yeah yeah because at that point you're you're being held liable for something you literally have no control over instead right, of exactly. instead of being like and that's oh, just don't have any drives in stock which is a, a feasible problem that can be fixed and you have a specific reason for it you just kind of have to shrug and go i don't know why it's not back up yet they aren't telling yeah. us anything they aren't saying when it should be back up you know yeah and you couldn't even point at the yep. status page that time <laughs> because, because the status down. page right. is broken. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that. Very We gave a baddie for that, didn't we? We did. Didn't I we? think we did. Yes, yes, we did. Because their we status did. page wasn't even accessible. Their status page, which was hosted on, on AWS. On AWS, yeah. Payton, yeah. do you have any perspective to offer to this? So I get where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. I really do. You know, and... I hear we we hear all the time, you know. Well, just put it in the cloud. Yeah. Just just put it in the cloud. Why why are we why aren't we in the cloud? Well, motherfucker, we kind of are a little bit, you know. Like you have information out there. If you're using Google at all, then you're already you're already using the cloud, so to speak. You know, as far as that's concerned. What is the cloud? It's someone else's <laughs> motherfucking computer. Is what it is. Goddamn weather. Jesus Christ! It's a fucking server somewhere. Yeah. Who it's, knows it's where? It's a machine with a hard drive, and it's somewhere in the world. Yeah, it could be <laughs> not. <laughs> That's true. That's true. What there if, is. What if, there was. What if the f- I think even Google sure. was talking about like having like hot air ballooned nodes. They were no, no. It was going to be a mesh network. Yeah, yeah, over yeah. Africa using weather balloons. I don't think it was going to be storage. It was going to be connection. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, all it was yeah. going to be. But. That's a cloud. That's a motherfucking cloud right and there. There is that. It's a fucking weather There's that data center in the middle of the ocean. What's it? Sea land? Sea? Uh, sea land? I don't know anything about this. Oh, I'm I'm really it. dude, cool. Jathan, it's like high yeah. security. Good luck. <laughs> is it? Yeah, they have armed security? guards. I've got clearance. Let me tell you. Yeah, they have you. armed guards. It's, it's guaranteed <laughs> to be neutral. I'll just walk up to the door and be like, oh, this guy looks With like he might have what? come to see a you. A dinghy? It's literally in the middle of an ocean. It's on a converted oil rig. I'm taking my <laughs> You're Jeep. You're not taking your Jeep. You will drown. You that fucker can go anywhere. So so anyway, now that I can actually get back to my yes. comment. So really the thing is, like, in the cloud, it's really just AWS. It's really just someone else's hard drive on someone else's hardware. Now, the benefit, of course, that, you know, we have discussed in the past is that you don't have to worry about maintenance or power or redundancy or, or, or anything else, really. But at the same time, do you really want to rely on someone that you're not sure of? Like, yeah, Linode is great, but do you really want to rely on their backups? Do you want to rely on their network connection? So, I mean, having stuff in the cloud is one thing. 
being able to say, yeah, we've got this and we have a tertiary cloud setup that if fucking New York City gets bombed and we have nothing, then we still have this capability, then sure, let's use it as a secondary or tertiary thing. But to rely on it as your actual like production environment, mm-hmm. I feel like is still at this point not quite good enough. Yeah. I just, you know, just because you don't really know who's looking at that data. Yep. You know, have you gone and you installed your own rack there? No, you haven't. So mm-hmm. you're probably on a hard drive with someone else. You're probably on a KVM with someone else or a VMware on some, with someone else. And, you know, they're probably, you know, ex- trying to run exploits against your, your system. Whatever, you know, when it comes to the cloud, I feel like it's a great idea, mm-hmm. but we're not really there yet, you know? Sure, yeah. And that's my opinion. Well, I also don't know how it's any different than shared hosting well, was yeah, before. Yeah, right. I right, mean, exactly. speaking of someone who even worked at a shared hosting company and who used to be, I, I mean, if you... How could you, Bron? If you try even... If you try hard enough, you don't even need to try that hard enough. If you try, I'm sure you'll be able to find out which company it was. But I'm not just going to go ahead and mention it on air. They used to actually be pretty good. We cared. We did implement a was lot it of... One? What? Was it one and one? It was not one and one. <laughs> we tried to implement a lot of... Did I ever tell you my one-on-one horror stories? When I had domain no. registrations with them? Oh, no, you'll have to Remind me to do it off air. It's, it's terrible. Okay, right. Hey, uh, don't forget about something, too, by the way. Good point. Talking. Yeah, I'll mention that right after I finish this. Great. So, where was I? Right, clouds. So, we did try and implement shared hosting in a secure manner. And we were very active about looking for people do, trying to implement exploits and stop it. But I can't trust that every provider out there will be doing the same. And that extends on to cloud hosting as well, which the company I work for later extended into as well. You can't guarantee that every company is going to be looking for people actively trying to abuse that structure. And there have been many cases where certain providers I have used for certain things. I can't go into detail, but very recently we like I've hit bandwidth caps from people just sending UDP floods all day long. And I'm like, This should not happen, especially in the case where you have so much control over the interface. Because providers, so often, they just look for making that cheap buck. They just want to throw it up and be done with it and just sell it, sometimes even overselling it. You know, they don't put extra care into it and doing it right. And you find that a lot, and especially in, like, a lot of providers. Well, like you're saying, I mean, realistically, they want to make money. Sure. And so... You know, yeah, they're going to have top of the line hardware, but they're going to like they're going to overfill it with everything they possibly can. Like, mm-hmm. you know, come on, minimum man. viable product, you know, I believe it's called. Right, exactly, and that's complete BS. Yeah. Like, if I was going to run a cloud hosting system, I would probably take a loss, but I mean, I would do everything I could to make sure that my customer had their own system. Yeah, you know, yeah, to the like absolute control over every aspect of the server. And if you from have freaking Top to bottom. Yeah, if you, by the way, I'm going to just take, going to take like two seconds aside here. If you are an, in an, a technical executive position or a C-level position on a sort of VPS providing company, please, for Pete's sake, make sure customers can't UP, UDP flood each other. That's like basic level stuff, honestly. Can't or can't? Uh, cannot. Okay, cannot. all right. That's, that's what I thought you yeah. said, but I wasn't sure. So, okay. but that being aside, like... I hate using new technology just because it's flashy. 
That's my big issue. And I'm having a huge personal argument with Jethan right now about Go off the air. Mm -hmm. And it's been ongoing probably (laughs) for, what, a month? Uh, And Mm -hmm. I I hate it because it's... He's mad because I made something he likes in Go. No, you did not. It's not time-tested. It doesn't have... It has been proved itself in deployment across a multitude of different environments, only Google's environment. It's not like, you know, I have my reasons for not liking it, but most of all, I hate that people are using it just because it's the flashy new shit. They aren't. Yeah. But that's not my reason, you dick. Uh, I, I can so still what? hate it for that reason, Jathan. But you can't I, hate me. Yes. Yes, we can. I can I can hate that you use you Go, me. and I can hate that you're trying to get me to use Go. Anyways, but it's the same exact sort of thing. It's the concept of using this thing just because everyone else is using it because it works for big companies that deploy a certain way you have these small medium businesses that want, that say like oh it works for them it should work for us no 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 that's not how deployment works that's <laughs> you need to tailor it and decide what the best option is for your environment if you need segregated containerization or the things like that fucking set up a libvirt box or i don't know even a vmware box i'd advise against it but like Set up something like that where you have a much greater chance of non-container traversal. And that's another big thing that I hate about containerization and and quote-unquote cloud technology is that it's not Docker, for instance. I'm going to pick on Docker because they're an Mm. easy target. They've had so many security issues. And that's not to say that the developers behind Docker are doing a bad job. I mean, they're trying pretty hard and they're very accommodating. But... Because of the nature of containerization, because of the nature, the entire nature of making it easier for developers to do things, Mm -hmm. there's going to be some compromises there. And security happens to be one of them. So while I'm totally okay with developers with my company deploying their own Docker or Vagrant instances, I even wrote like a Vagrant spec for our developers to use that will match production in terms of packages and versions and everything. Nice. So... While I even maybe encourage them to set up their own private instances of this, do not, and I will not, put that on production. Because there have been so many issues with it, and that, at the end of the day, creates more work for me. Somebody's got to cut this guy off. He's getting he's mad. Get, he's getting what? I, I, mad. Not mad yet. I can hear the rage I'm welling up inside yet, of you. I'm not yet, but I'm passionate about this topic, so that may be what you hear. But like, But that's the thing. Like, I just don't. It's such a risk, and I don't understand why people are so quick to take it. But, I mean, I also tend to be a lot more tinfoil-hatted than the both of you in terms of technological implementation, so... It's because you're old. Peyton's older than I am. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, fucking problem. You need to clamp down. Yeah, bitch. I mean, it's because, like, I don't want to make it easy. And, yeah, there have been several instances where even KVM was susceptible to guests escapement in terms of like escaping the guest and and traverse up to the host but they are very few and far between i think there's been maybe two and they're always patched quickly because it's such a big deal when that happens so the risk there is much lower i can't Mm. speak for vmware or any of the other multitude of actual virtualization platforms but for kvm they do a pretty good job of patching that right quick yeah yeah. And it, you can make it really easy for even like in bridged mode with Libvert's networking, you can make it very easy for guests to not even be able to know each other are there, 
know each other are there whatever <laughs> my point is you can treat it like a regular network like a regular natted network in ip tables yeah. or shorewall or whatever you choose to configure your firewall rules and that simplifies things a lot you know and that guarantees you can't do things like udp floods so yeah i definitely if you need some sort of containerization some sort of separation between instances so different developers can have their own clean environment I would, if you can afford it, I would definitely recommend something like Libvirt and KVM or an equal applicable sort of thing. And the nice thing about most of them is they have an API where you can even write up your own sort of instance so that developers themselves can turn up their own instances and you can yeah. assign and track ownership of these sessions, these instances. So there's really no reason to use cloud containerization. Jathan is in a bit of a unique position because a lot of the people he supports, a lot of the users he supports need to point to a specific environment that they can distribute in an easy way. And I'm like, all right, like I get it. I understand why that's needed because again, science, you need reproducible results. But the actual validity of that, especially in production environments, is very few and far between. And I don't understand why people are so hell-bent on it, you know? Uh, it, don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. I don't outright hate containerization. I hate how it's applied. I hate that it's not only used for developers, you know? It's not a... It was yeah. never intended to be in production. That's not how they're designed. That's not how these templates are designed. It's not how the technology itself is designed. But it's being used that way. <laughs> it's not being, like, used in a way that is meant to assist developers it's even morphed into a sort of like yeah we noticed that a lot of developers were just deploying their docker to production so here's an easier way to do that they should have like docker for instance never should have done that they should have never made it easier to deploy a docker to production yeah. directly from a docker development instance well but that's what a, that's the thing that gets them going is that it's so easy easy doesn't necessarily mean good oh i i, it's, I agree with it's you very, 100%. <laughs> it's very easy to shoot a gun shooting a gun correctly and safely is very different you know right so right no i agree with you completely yeah I'd, sure. I'd rather our developers had a bb gun that looked like a real gun than give them a real gun if we want to use that well, analogy yeah, I mean, I mean, developers should not be on prod for any reason unless they're actually doing a deployment. I feel like you know, yeah. but that's that's me and whatever. Yeah, and we may seem draconian in this, and I understand that, but there's a reason. Like that formula has worked for literally decades. It's kept multi-billion companies running, and it's it's what sent things to the moon. You know, so it, it's like it works. Don't mess with right. it. Right. It's not broken. Or you can give, you know, your first day employee production credentials <laughs> and tell him to set up his own. I feel like we have know. at least three baddies related to that. Uh, at, at least. Yeah. All right, guys, do you have any closing remarks? Because if not, I want to. I, no, I do. but you do. I do. Bathen? You, you do have some closing remarks. No, no closing? Okay. So I do have a, good. a special good, announcement. Probably should have done this at the beginning of the episode, but whatever. Hopefully you're still listening. <laughs> I don't remember if we ever mentioned it on air. We are currently running a contest. We're we giving are. away one free hope ticket to hope, what, 11, 12, 12? Is it, is it? 12. Hope 12. 12. 12. 2018. Hope in 2018. We will be there. 
all three of us. We will. If you for the first time, if you've seen my appearances on Radio Statler, the Radio Statler group will be there. Johnny Xmas will probably be there. I hope. Yeah, yeah he said he's going to try, so hopefully we'll bump into him. So you'll get to meet a lot of people we talk about and, and have had on the show. So we definitely invite you to come either way, but we are running a contest to give away a free ticket because it is a little bit steep. It's like 200-ish bucks, but I snagged an extra one and it's it's our prize. Now, I'll put in the show notes the link to the contest itself. There have been three challenges posted. The last final third challenge was posted today at the time of recording, so Monday, November 27th. We have all the rules posted up. You need to make sure you get them in by December 6th. So by the time this episode releases, you will still only have five days to get those to get all those answers in. Nope. Nope. You're only going to have three no, days. It's December 1st. December 3rd. Nope. So longer. Than, mm-hmm. Nope. Three days. You're right. Sorry. I can math. So you're going to have only three days. Thank you, Jathan, to get all that in. And we will be announcing the winner on the shit show itself winner winner chicken along with the twitter afterwards but if you want to be there live for the announcement you know you can tune into our shit show tune in live yes and i'll I'll link the instructions on how you can join us for the shit show actually join us like on air for the shit show we'll put that in the show notes and trust you want me, to you want to you, you want, will to, absolutely you want, want to. to it's always a fun you time absolutely want to it's a blast you'll find you'll hear wonderful things like jathan talking about his uh, intimate knowledge of glory hole yeah that's yeah the glory hole inside jokes started from s1 shit show so it did indeed yeah so definitely definitely try and join us for that now i think i said all i need to about that just make sure you check out the show notes check out the contest we still have i think only one entry so Please get them in. You know, it's there's no competition essentially so far. So so make sure you get all of your answers in on time because we want to make this competitive and we want to make sure the ticket goes out to someone who would use it. So, yeah, yeah, Jathan, we, we definitely want to make sure that that person, you know, gets it right. Jathan. All right. Here we go. We got a baddie for you. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uber paid off hackers to hide massive data breach. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. How, how, how so much? Uber how much is a... He's getting to it. On. Uber hmm. is a shitty company and you shouldn't use them. I don't know about I that. Feel like every, okay. I feel like every no, Silicon Valley startup type company is a shitty company, though. So they're right, not whatever. unique. I don't that. care. It's my turn. <laughs> you stop it. Carry so on. anyway, apparently this breach basically happened... And included personal information such as names, email addresses, mobile phone numbers of approximately 57 million Uber users around the world. 50,000 or 50 million? 57 okay, million. All right. A very large number. Yes. There's no indication at this point that there were any credit card numbers, bank account details, etc., etc. that have been leaked, but it's not totally mm-hmm. certain yet. So in any case, these hackers who, I don't know that they named themselves or we have a name for them, but they basically contacted Uber. They're like, look, we've got all your shit. And Uber was like, oh, what do you want? And the hacker said, well, we'll delete this if you give us $100,000, which if it were me and I were targeting Uber, I would have asked for yeah, way I feel more like they're than that. And if I were Uber and they were only asking for hundred i I'd be like, well, this seems really fishy. But alas, Uber paid them the $100,000, which is a drop in the hat for Uber. Yeah, they make that in like and an hour or something like that. It did stay pretty quiet for quite a long time because this was, does it say in here the original date? Four yeah, years? Yeah, four ago? years. Yeah. 2014. No, 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 no. October yeah. 2016. Oh, so was... about a year. Okay. 
Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Okay, but still, that's a long time to withhold it. And so, realistically, you just shouldn't leak information. But obviously, these things happen, mm-hmm. I guess, if you suck at your job or something. But more importantly, if you do get breached and you know about it, which, as we're learning and finding out, Uber did know about it. Obviously, they paid these people off, mm-hmm. right? Right. It is your responsibility to your customers to disclose that breach. And as such, Uber gets a fucking baddie for being scumbags. Now, I feel like there's a lot of the story you're not telling here, Jython. Because I don't care about all their other fuck-ups because there's too many. (laughs) Well, no, it's relevant. And I I have this in the scratch pad, but he didn't go into it. So it's relevant because... No, I have it open. Because... This is after being in talks about... No, 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 You're skipping over the really important stuff. This is after... I'm going to read this from the scratch notes verbatim, you know. This is after being in talks about previous privacy violations. And in addition to that, they had an FTC case, that's Federal Trade Commission, about mishandling customer data. That's two separate infractions about the same thing. And that's what Hmm. I'm talking about. That's why this is just ridiculous that they... No, 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 no. It's not ridiculous. It's redonkulous. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah. So that's why they get a baddie, for sure. Because it keeps happening with them. But I feel like, you know what? I feel like that's par for the cars for like Silicon Valley startup culture, though. They just don't give a shit about customer data. Or anyone yeah. but themselves. Yeah. Or so, security so- or reliability of the product and, you know, future non-obsolescence and things like that. So how can we punish Zero. this fuck? Uh-huh. Sorry. How can we punish these fuckers that, you know, don't care about PI, you know? We can't. fucking shit. We, we can, can find them. They're well, too no. big. We need to find them, but like not 100K. We need to find them I, a huge percentage of their actual value. I was talking to f- 100 million I was talking, dollars. I was talking to Forge about this earlier today, about something similar, not necessarily Uber. Mm. It may have been Uber, but I mean, a 10K or 100K fine is nothing yep. to them. Yep. They make that. It's what they spend on lunch. It doesn't matter, you know? Make it hit them. Make it a percentage. Yeah. 5, 10, 15, 20, 35, fuck, 50% of their daily profit until they rectify the issue. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. Going after. Fuck them. Going after you, individuals you with liability doesn't fucking work. Fucking breaches. You know, fuck that shit, well, we, dude. Yeah. We've, we've talked about this with, with Johnny and, and uh, Daryl. Like, mm-hmm. going after individuals because right. of a breach or whatever doesn't work because it's golden parachute and also they're just going to replace them. Whatever. Going after them with regulations isn't going to work because they can just shirk them and it happens again and again. You need a way that will hit them in the only language that they speak, which is actual monetary economic value. Yeah. And it needs to be significant enough where it's not oh, a slap oh, on yeah. the wrist. It's oh, yeah. 100K isn't even a slap on the wrist. It's just like a... It's, not for these guys. It's like a glance. It's like... Really? It's like one of those glances. Oh, that's it. There's another check I have to write. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. It's like whatever. Just, just write. Just forward the letter to accounting. They'll handle it. You know, like you don't want it to be one of those things. You want it to cause a stir in the company. I would dare say you want it to be serious enough to where they possibly may be bankrupt if they don't improve. And that may be oh, drastic. Oh yeah. No. And this bullshit that companies are too big to fail. Fuck that. Absolutely, I agree with you 100% yeah. on that. Yeah. Well, not too big to fail, too big to jail, is what you're referring to. Banks were too big to fail, and that's we were wrong about that, which is... Oh, yeah. listen, I'm just saying, you know, when you punish someone, it should be a punishment. Mm-hmm. It should not be a, well, if I forego the third island, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be fine, whatever, you know? Oh, fuck. 
What I just if, need to uh, wait another what week. Just, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Put them in their room for a week with no but TV. And I don't think them. that'll work, Jayfon. <laughs> Not quite what we're looking for there. <laughs> I. Well, in fact, I'd, I'd say a lot of CEOs me. are probably into that, so not going to work. Oh, shit. <laughs> I hate when plans backfire. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But yeah, we, we need to make it a way in, in a sense that it will actively provide a meaningful and long-lasting impact on these companies. So, Well, that unfortunately, I don't see anything happening to do that yeah. at this time. Yeah. So the best we can do is just be like, Listen, you fuckos, tell us when this shit's happening so we can, you know, actually, like, do something about it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Melissa Mayer, like, oh, well, it was an accident. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't care if it's an accident. It, it shouldn't have been possible to make that accident. It's, it's... Yeah, no, I, no, yeah. it should not have happened. It's, it's it like, should not have happened. It's like having stairs on, like, a third floor level, third floor Third story level. So far it's okay. Right. Shut up. Closing out. It's okay. It's like having stairs in like a walkway on a third story floor, right? With no handrail, and then someone falls off. It's like, oh well, them falling is an accident. Why the fuck didn't you put fucking handrails on? That's why we have OSHA. Right? Why don't we have an OSHA for like breaches? You know? Gosh. Anyways, I mean, we have like PCI DSS and or D. That that's right. PCI DSS. That's what it's called. Something the the PCI compliance shit. Know. But it's woefully inadequate and it's super outdated. So like kick that up yeah. a notch, use that as a base and then add on to it, make it relevant and review it every year or two. Anyways. Right. Anyways. You guys this any- is rent and ministry. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Do you guys have any closing remarks for the episode? For the last real episode of the season? I just want to say Go ahead, Jaython. I'm really going to be. Oh my god! Shut up. We'll be back in February. I'm not convinced we're coming back, folks. I'm not really sure we're coming back. Jathan, this is not how you want to do this. (laughs) Jesus Christ! If if I if I drop dead, you're not going to drop dead. I'm not sure. You're not sure. Our replacement is forward. So I want some kind of serious. I want a serious fucking tribute. You know what I want for my tribute episode? I want you to go line by line through my entry in Sysbot's uh-huh. factoids, <laughs> and I want you to explain it. That is going to be so much manual log parsing for me. <laughs> oh my god! I don't care. It's, it's my dying, dying wish. wish. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll go through. Someone remind me if I'm Jason, dying to tell Brent that's my. Dying I'm a bit wish. disappointed, guys. I just tried the soda then spirits mm-hmm. for my refill. Yeah, it I'm didn't right fizz. again. And no, it didn't. It yeah, did, did not fizz. What do you mean? It, yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, it did. You fucking poured you it like even a... here. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. I'm hiding where that now gene oh bottle was. But no, it did yeah, not yeah. fizz. Maybe the soda's just flat. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. I maybe mean, it that's fizzed when I poured just the soda in, but it didn't fizz when I poured the rye in. Yeah. No, well, that's what I mean. But... When you pour the soda with nothing else in there, it fizzes. But if you pour the rye in the bottom and then the soda, it doesn't no, fizz. I feel like... All right. I was under the impression that you meant it would fizz when I pour the spirit on no, top no, no, of the no. soda. No, no. Okay. No, I, don't, no. I, I think I may have over been overzealous with that because that is a lot of a lot of <laughs> whiskey and Jack. Jack and Coke. Wow. He doesn't even okay. know he's drinking anymore. So, so I would like to say yes. that I have really enjoyed this season. Mm-hmm. We've had our ups. We've had our downs. <laughs> We've certainly had our agreements and disagreements. I think this is the first time, though, like you said, that we've actually agreed, all of us, on one thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love that. I love recording this show. I know it's kind of a pain in the ass for my wife, and so I'd like to dedicate at least this statement to my lovely wife. Fair enough. Who's been sitting down here for the last uh, <laughs> half year listening to me record this. <laughs> this is before the shit show, of course. This is the serious, you know, end of the year. Well, we usually really do that during the shit you know. show. Yeah, but I'm going to be gonna drunk, serious as a shit so... show. If you don't think that I can be serious, then you But anyway, you I'm going to save the sentimentality for what I'm drunk. Yeah. I oh oh yeah no I'll definitely be very sentimental. <laughs> okay. I'll be like I love you guys, <laughs> but uh, no. Uh, but seriously though, uh, I really enjoy recording this. I learn a hell of a lot. I know I'm not always the most vocal on here, but I love it and I love the listeners. Except for that one guy, you know who you are. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, no, seriously though, I love the show. I love. I love being able to do this with you guys. It's great. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the shit show. It's going to be fantastic. We need to get people Huge. lined up for this. I mean, seriously. I want to break three hours this time. You want to break really three do. hours? Or, yeah. Is that the plan? We're just like going to yeah. tack an hour on for each episode we do it? Or each uh, season? No, because because season eight, I'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I can't drink for eight hours. Come on now. <laughs> what happened? My wife like would kill me. <laughs> And we'll be on our break. Good times. (laughs) All right. Jason, any closing remarks, or are you going to save that for the shit show and all that? I'm saving it. Okay. I'm going to save it. Peace out, shitbirds. (laughs) What happened to doing it for the fans? I'm doing it for the fans. That's my fucking genuine self, and I'm doing it for the fans. (laughs) I'm not going to just fucking fake it like I care. Fuck you. You do fucking care, you shit. All right. This has been Fan Administrivia. I'm Brent. I'm Jonathan. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Keep your eyes closed and your mind right. Keep your eyes closed, keep your mind right. Keep your eyes closed, keep your mind right. And I get that far Chat when I'm at that car Pop off if I don't like you Write songs that I hope get through Mental when you close your eyes Ring back to the homicide Stop chill with that suicide Girl, why you gotta lie? Why you gotta lie to me? I'm trying I can't believe we've been fighting Turning myself into a tyrant that I never liked her Let me really stop now Don't you became my foe Made it out of that cloud of smoke Goddamn Leave me alone Just leave me alone Sometimes I can't write a song Sometimes I don't love my home Goddamn I still don't Still don't know what I'm doing here And I do fear I am clear I'm on the road and I am near Hope your dinner gets cold at night Sad and that soda might shake off fizz up and make you mad. Walk around and you always sad. I'm sorry, damn man. I'm sorry. Go get off me. You make no effort. Now my neck hurt. I can't believe I'll let you win. Every single time is the same mistake. You never live dead because we do relate. I don't know. Sit back and I sip slow. Bit that and I admit, yo. Haven't been the best to y'all, but y'all want it. I wanna own it, y'all want it. I wanna own it, y'all want it. I 
gotta say. Uh-huh. 